sex talk Derek and Miley Cause sexuality is tough And okay sexist isn't good enough No Sex talk With Derek and Miley Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. Y'all, we're going to be jumping into some deep end trauma stuff. We're going to be jumping into some information about narcissistic abuse. So I just kind of wanted to give y'all a warning. I know some of uh, my listeners have have experienced some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, So I really wanted to just kind of out the gate give you a sense that if if you're actively work doing your own trauma work, if you're actively trying to deal with that yourself, it's okay to uh, skip this one if you'd like. But if you are ready and if you want to hear an amazing person and you want to hear an amazing story, do I have the person for you? I have Holly Hartman, life and transformation and recovery, trauma and recovery coach, domestic violence advocate, international best-selling author of How to Release the Shame of Narcissistic Abuse, founder of Solar Date Challenge. I'm having trouble with my words because the titles are just more than enough, Holly. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and share my story with you and, and your listeners and connect today. It's uh, We're going to have fun. Uh, spoiler alert, I have been on Holly's show as well, and uh, I'm in Holly's group solo date challenge because I think uh, she has a lot to offer women, y'all. She she really does. So I, I'm excited that you're willing to tell this story. So tell tell me and tell the listeners about this was your prior marriage, right? That this, where you experienced this. Uh, and we're going to be talking about faith-based coercion today, folks. We're going to be talking about covert sexual abuse. So, so uh, buckle in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take you back two years ago. I was in the middle of a divorce or realizing that I needed to um, start the, the beginning of my divorce. I was experiencing a lot of symptoms. And at the time I didn't know what it meant. Um, cause I was experiencing covert hidden abuse. It wasn't that overt that you might think of. And it showed up with sexual advances from my husband that were unwanted anger at any given time. He would wake up, he would tell me at an anger level of five. So that's what I was sleeping next to. And I would feel that energy mm. as a result of that energy that I would get, or I'd wake up with his member coming up against my backside and wake me up in the middle of the night expecting sex. And, and what over the, the period of course of our marriage, which was not very long, just a couple of years, I really lost myself. I quit wearing makeup. I gained 50 pounds. I gained 20 pounds in the first month that we lived together mm. uh, because of this intensity of this energy that I was feeling. And I didn't know what, to, I couldn't put a name to it. I didn't know what it was because it was so covert and so hidden. And the interesting part is we had actually done some premarital counseling work. Um, He convinced me to convert to Catholicism. And so there was a lot of this religious expectations. And we waited until our wedding night to actually have sex. And even though I had had a previous marriage and it was our wedding night that we conceived our first child. And he had a lot of resentment that um, I got pregnant early on, even though he was fully aware because we did the planning and all the things that everybody in the church Mm. told us to do. And uh, so he consented to us conceiving a child that night. And so throughout our whole marriage, we had this, uh, this energy, this uh, expectation. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we went to counseling over it and the counselors, because um, we did Christian counseling. Oh, that's what you're supposed to do as a wife. You're supposed to give to him. Um, mm. If you're not giving it to him, then that's why he's angry all the time. And it was this, like, it's my job to make him feel a certain way. And mm-hmm. so um, because I didn't believe that and I would voice it, to, I'm like, it feels like rape. And I would say that to the counselor. And they're like, no, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm just, I couldn't put the words around it. And I was really flabbergasted that people really minimized a lot of times what I was feeling. So my body started to protect me because my voice couldn't, even though I tried to give my voice and it wasn't validated, my body Mm. started to protect me. So I gained weight. That Well, that threat system is incredibly powerful. You are literally sitting in front of a, as you've identified, a Christian counselor who is essentially endorsing, rubber stamping this Mm -hmm. faith-based sexual coercion. And this, Mm -hmm. you know, Holly and I's job today isn't to necessarily indict all religion. That's Mm -hmm. not what we're here to do. But we are here to talk about this in a very honest way that Covert sexual abuse often happens within this kind of authoritarian faith-based perspective that a woman is supposed to be of service, in quotation marks, to her male partner, and that that any time you are supposed to be ready to have sex to keep him satisfied sexually, Mm -hmm. and that it's your job, your body's whole job is to keep him sexually satisfied. And that's what we're talking about is this very much faith-based authoritarian and dismissive therapist. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We don't know if this person was this person licensed. Do we know? Or uh, I, I don't. We it, it happened multiple times. It we mm. would go to retreats. I mean, it was a mm. common denominator thread most yep. of the counseling, and we tried multiple. So yeah, yeah it was a theme. <laughs> I mean, and. You're. I'm just. I, I just want to say thank you for being willing to sit here with me as a therapist. I I am not a faith-based perspective therapist Mm -hmm. at all, but having been part of being raised in the evangelical community, I can attest to hearing this stuff as a young girl, like Mm -hmm. that it is your job to protect a man's, you cannot be, you cannot be tempting to a man. You cannot be seductive, that it is like this Madonna whore complex that you are supposed to help him stay away from being sexually impure. And it is really, really faith-based coercion. That's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I experienced. And so my body would, um, I would have the trauma. You were talking about like the trauma responses that I experienced. So yes. when I'm, when I'm realizing I'm reading Shannon Thomas's book, um, healing from hidden abuse. And this really like, was that missing piece of the puzzle for me, mm. um, to go, Oh my gosh, this is what I'm experiencing. And it does talk about religious abuse and some other things. So I'm experiencing not just sexual abuse, but also religious, spiritual abuse. And there's yeah. lots of facets to this. And so my body's protecting me. And I don't know this at the time. I was skinny my whole life. Mm. And um, I gained 50 pounds within this marriage. Mm. And um, mostly in my my center level, like where the chakras are that would protect me. And so um, that's just how it showed up for me. I also had chronic UTIs mm. um, and they only showed up whenever I had sex when I didn't want to. Um, I had uh, skin rashes that were unexplained. I would go to the dermatologist that showed up like scabies. So mm. my body actually started to protect me, even though it looks on the outside, or at least that's what internally it felt right for me, mm-hmm. is that my body gave me the voice of no without mm-hmm. me being able to speak it. And, yeah. and I no longer wanted to live that way. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I gave him an opportunity. I offered a healing separation. I said, we, we can either do a healing separation where you get the help and I get the help and we come back together or you get divorced. A week later, he chose divorce. Best gift he could have given me because um, he wasn't willing to do the work at the time. And, mm. and that really started my journey of my healing journey of going. And, and I mentioned this to Erica earlier. I didn't know what consent was mm. until after my marriage. I had no idea because of my training through domestic violence advocacy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that looked like because of the religious upbringing that I had. That was not something talked about. Absolutely. I that you that are option of consent. You are nailing something that I, I, I not only do I remember this myself, but I, I have heard from so many of my clients and you you're talking about like this, this common thread throughout that faith-based coercion, which is, you don't get to, this is your responsibility. Consent is not a thing. And that's not necessarily explicitly said, but it's more, it's more so implied that you do not have a choice. You must offer your body to your partner, regardless of what your body or you want. And it, it is, it's, it's, it is subversive and incredibly toxic to your body. And and I wanted to make sure that I brought up that the body issues as a result of experiencing any kind of sexual trauma or trauma as a whole is incredibly common for so many people. It could be gastrointestinal issues. It could be uh, like skin irritation issues. It could be UTIs that start showing up. I mean, it's not to say that UTIs aren't necessarily, aren't also caused by bacteria, but when when the body is under a whole lot of stress, we know that the health outcomes for that person are innumerable. And you are under this chronic covert sexual abuse for two, two and a half, three, three years. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is a, such a long period of time. I've, I have lost 38 pounds. I've kept it off. I have not had another UTI. I've not had another skin rash. All those things went away. Yeah. When the relationship ended I, I, that three years, you were, your body was inundated with stress hormones. And I, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this so that you listeners understand that, that if you are in this position right now, it's not just your mind that is under torture. It is also your body too. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about how, how, yes, you, you had these, these health issues that came up, but talk a little bit about like what it was like to kind of wake up in the middle of the night. Um, I mean, first you got that lack of sleep and somebody's pushing you to have sex. Um, what was, what was the reaction then afterwards if you didn't follow through? I remember specifically one night and he would do the physical abuse in the sense of waking me up in the middle of the night for other things, like even in the morning, just clanking belts around like it, that, that is a form of abuse of like this lack of sleep. I had, you know, a young child and he kept me sleep deprived. And so that mm-hmm. was part of it. And, and so not even just the sexual advances, but just other ways of waking me up to keep me sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one particular time, I remember him moving up against me and, and so the, the idea is if I didn't perform, then the aftermath is this stonewalling and this passive aggressive behavior and this shaming and this punishment that would ensue. Mm-hmm. So as a uh, recovering people pleaser, uh, I was a people pleaser at the time, it would just be easier to give in. And mm-hmm. I remember this one time where I was like, I no longer want to give in. And I remember just crying. 
just crying. And, and I do remember being vocal in this. I'm like, I just need you to know that I feel like this is rape. That's what Mm -hmm. this feels like to me. And, and he, he pulled away at that time. Like he, I don't think he connected it until I like actually put those words and he was like, well, that's not what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't, all I can say is that that's what it feels like to me and it's not okay. And this is near the end when I'm finally feeling in my power to be able to like say no, because I don't want another UTI. I don't want Mm -hmm. another skin outbreak. I don't want another thing of when I said yes, when I really wanted no. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized like, that is what it feels like. That's why my body's reacting this way. And, um, that was, I don't think we had sex after that. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't go there anymore. I I hear you like during that process, starting to really understand the, the, the boundaries that you needed out loud and then you were able to verbalize them. And then, but as a result, you had to deal with then being punished for, for voicing what you needed. Mm-hmm. I, I am curious, how did, how is this story? Like I, I, I folks, I hope, uh, I hope if you, if you needed to, that, that you jumped out of the recording at, at any point, like if we will not take it personally, if you can't listen, y'all, we can't, <laughs> this is, this is tough stuff we're talking about. What, how did that impact after that, after the divorce, how did that impact how you saw your own body? Uh, you know, it really took me, took me back to go, well, the interesting part is he liked me fat. He would tell me that he wanted me mm-hmm. and to be gained weight. And so part of this new transformation for me is like to go, okay, it's not about him. It's about what, what is it going to make me happy? What's going to let my cup, what can I do for to to connect back to myself because I had lost myself. And so part of my journey, I think we might dig into this is the solo date challenge. Mm-hmm. And um, solo date challenge for me was, was my higher power gave that to me. And, and it originally started for Holly, you need to um, date yourself before you date others. And not in the sense of anything other than learning to love myself, because that's what I had lost. Um, I don't know if I ever did even the relationship. And I think that's why I was susceptible to the behavior that was happening is because I didn't feel enough. I didn't feel worthy. So whatever I was getting, was what I was supposed to get, right? That that's what I signed up for. And then that's what I get. But Mm. then I realized that that's not the truth, that I am worthy of being respected. I'm, you know, I read that book, Love and Respect, that's so distorted, Um, I'm like, Oh, I I'm supposed to respect him. No, I'm supposed to have love and respect for myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, I was betraying myself. And so what I had to learn was how to quit betraying myself, learn how to love myself and who I am and all of my flaws and all of my strengths and all of those things. And, um, and I did it through Solidate challenge. And what that meant for me was to start to do the things that brought me joy start Mm -hmm. to do the things that I wanted to do that I was not allowed to do in my marriage. And that could have been just going to get a manicure or it was going to the hardware store and taking one of their classes or Mm. going to a restaurant and and ordering the steak that I would have wanted where I would have ordered the chicken before, you know, like these little nuances. But the shift for me was being intentional Mm. because when I was intentional, that was when I was showing myself love. Not what somebody else would have wanted me to do. 
not what I think he would have liked, not what my mom would have liked for me to do, not what my pastor would have thought I should do. Mm -hmm. What does Holly intentionally need to feel good right now? And it's not the hedonistic, like um, excessive. It's because if we're in that spot, we're most likely not being selfish. It's about allowing ourselves probably getting to the point where you're feeling selfish is probably at the brink of like just starting to love yourself and doing the things that you really need to do for you. Right. Mm -hmm. I definitely hear from people all the time. They're very concerned. Many of my clients are like, well, but if I, if I'm not blank, right, like whatever it is that they're feeling, filling in, in their head is then I will be lazy or then I will be Uh, I will be hedonistic or I will be whatever that is. When in reality, like there isn't any data for that person to show that that's actually the case. I I actually just had this conversation with a, with a a client about, uh, you know, a tub of ice cream that like, well, if I let myself have ice cream every single night, then I'm going to eat the whole thing in one sitting. And I'm like, have you ever done that? Is that actually a thing you've ever done? And I was like, maybe, except for when you were maybe like nine and then made yourself sick. (laughs) Like, have you actually, do you have data to back up this belief that you have that if I take the reins off, if I take care for myself, if I treat myself well on the inside, that, that means that all of these terrible things will start to happen. But ultimately like you're, you're buying into that, that abusive voice that you're, that you were just that you were describing to us through your story from not, not only that came from your, your ex-husband, but like that, that also came from the church. And, and I think that there, that, that, and having heard that myself in the evangelical church a lot, if you have sex, you're going to want it all of the time and you won't be able to control yourself or the men around you will not be able to control themselves Like there's this idea that if you do not keep the reins on yourself or your partner, then all of the things that are terrible in the world are going to happen. When in reality, that's not not at all the case. So tell me a little bit about, we've talked a little bit about not only just your story, but tell me about Solo Date Challenge and what it is. Yeah. So um, two years ago, I started to share my journey because Mm -hmm. I am a person that I don't want anybody to have to go through what I went through. And so if I can share what I'm doing and how I'm overcoming it. So I'm definitely going from being a survivor because that's where I was to a thriver now in all areas of my life. And so Solidate Challenge, I started to share it. And I thought, well, there's other women out there with like me. There has to be. And so along the way, I have collected, and I hate that word, but the idea mm-hmm. is that more people have joined this journey, this mission, uh, I guess this movement, to be quite honest, there's 1,400 women in the solo date challenge group over 24 countries. So this is not just a U.S. issue. This is a global Mm -hmm. issue that people don't know how to love themselves. We have been in this sacrificial like community or concept that we give and we do everybody else first. We give to their needs first and we come last. So solo date challenge is really the flip of that. It's really that teaching you to fill your own cup first. And you hear that, but like, truly doing that because the energy is different when you're giving to others to where your bone dry. It's that codependent. I'm going to give, 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 give for whatever you receive back. It's still not the right energy or, or not as beneficial energy, but when we fill our cup and then we pour from that overflow, that Mm -hmm. overflow of energy 
is a really love energy. It's like a gratitude energy. It has a higher frequency and that might be kind of high level for some people to listen to, but it's just a different energy. And so when, when your family members or the people around you, they may balk you for doing this in the beginning mm-hmm. because it's different. It's different for them. Like, why are they taking care of themselves first? Why are they taking a trip? Why are they? But when they see the shift in your energy, they're going to push you out the door to go do it. They're going to like, oh, mommy, went, why aren't you going out and going doing that group thing that you love? Why aren't you going to jog and do the exercise that you love? You always come back. Oh, and I got chills. You always come back so much better. Like they may not understand it. So this group gives you permission to flip that switch that we've been on for a long time and go, I can do this too. And what you see is that Solidate Challenge is independent but you're in community of other people doing it. So you have support. We say, we'll love you until you learn to love yourself. Cause mm. that's the community that we have because so many of us come from brokenness and we need somebody to validate our feelings and say, it's okay. I've been there. You can get through this and we'll get through it together. But you also have to discover what it is that lights you up. It's not about what your neighbor does. It's not about what your daughter does. It's about what lights you up and you do that with intention and then you'll find more things that you like and then you explore and there'll be things that you don't like and that's okay because that's still self-discovery so it's all about discovering who you are and being unapologetic and being intentional and for me that's been a life changer so now I try to navigate the dating world as a single woman in my 40s and my energy is different I don't allow those parasites in my life anymore. Mm, If if you don't enhance my life. Oh, one more time with, I don't allow those parasites in my life anymore. Okay. Yes. I love it. I'm here for that. So what is it? What, when you start to shed, I, I, I think that this is, you're, you're onto something here that I think we need to drill down on that. There's something that happens when you start to surround yourself in a community, whether it's online or in person in, in COVID, like <laughs> we're all in need of some community in some way, especially online. When you surround yourself with people who are rooting for you, how does that, how do you notice in the folks in the group? How do you, how do you notice that that shifts, how they're reaching out maybe even in the group? Yeah. Oh gosh. It's been beautiful to watch some people coming in. Now I don't love watching people come in broken, Mm -hmm. but I certainly love watching their shift and they come in and they share their story because we create a safe container, even though it's 1400 people, it feels safe to share. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going through because when people post and then they've got 30 people behind them going, girl, thank you for holding that boundary. Good job. Or thank you for sharing that story. Cause now I know I can do it too. There's this validation first, because a lot of times it's really hard to heal if we're not validated in what's going on, because mm-hmm. we've had, we've been gaslighted, we've been, there's distorted reality or people that have been manipulative. So to mm-hmm. validate that this is either not okay, what they're experiencing or what they're experiencing is okay, or, you know, for whatever parameter they need to get the healing, but it, it creates that safe container. And, and what I see is that permission. It's like some people, when they first come in, they need the permission to, to switch and, and then they get the encouragement and it's this outpouring of unconditional love and, and no judgment. And it's, it's a really surreal experience to watch this in the group Mm. that people step in and just love them. I haven't seen a judgmental comment. It, It truly is just this. I've been there too. And this is where I'm at. And I'm going to share my experience, strength and hope with you. 
And if I haven't been, I'm going to hold space for you because I don't have advice, but you're here, you're not alone. Mm. And, and we need that. And, and the shift that you get when you start to love yourself is you no longer seek outside validation for your love, but we still need some validation of like a reality of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm on the right path and like some encouragement and cheerleading. So there's, there's a little bit of a nuance there. And that's something I've had to kind of like grapple with in my healing. Like I don't need validation, but I kind of do. And I feel better when I get it. There's a different kind of validation. I think there's just different levels of it. If you're, if you can't go with life without getting validation and you can't make decisions on your own, that's kind of that shift that we need to focus on where you feel empowered in your decisions and Mm -hmm. that like you don't need the validation in order to make the decision. But sometimes we do need that encouragement and that cheerleading. So we keep doing it. Absolutely. I think, I think you're onto something here about like the difference between internal and external validation. And, mm-hmm. and for those of you listening, I think that this is an important thing to get that I, my clients bring this up all the time where they're like, well, you know, they, they'll equate it being bad that they require any external validation. And I think external validation has its place. I actually think it's how we socially check one another in many ways. I think we will use validation to be able to say, oh, yes, you're on the right path. And if you have those kind of healthy relationships around you, when you require feedback, they can give it to you in a non-abusive way. We still all need feedback, perception checks, all of those things. We need them externally. But when it is, there is an absence of internal validation of any kind, that's when things start to get a little, for lack of a better way to put it, messy. So I think that it's important that you made a distinction between the two. And it sounds like the the people in your group are are starting to be able to do that together. And that they're when when we're talking about like group cohesion, that's a really important step when you're in a group. And and let's be completely real, not all that common in a Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, it's really important to me. It's healthy boundaries. And and you know, and many of the women come in that are codependent. And so mm-hmm. to shift that energy, to me, it's, it's a spiritual experience in, in the group that like, it's not me doing it. It's truly mm-hmm. like this divine energy that is there, that is keeping it safe as a container for people to come. And, and that might seem woo woo, but that that's the only way I can explain it is that mm-hmm. it's, it's bigger than me. It's not about me. It's truly about the group and about this collective energy. It's this just as much as my intention to do solo dates for myself the intention for the group is to have a safe, loving container because I've been there. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be gaslighted. I know what it's like to be manipulated. I know what it's like to feel less than and not enough and all of those things. And so the opposite of that is what this group holds. And I actually have a men's group now too. So if there are men listening that need men uh, help, I was approached by several men that were like, we need this too. Like, what about us? And they'd watch my journey and they started doing it individually, but didn't have the group support. And now we have about 75 men in the men's group. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's starting to get legs underneath it, but it's, we all need to learn these skills and, Mm -hmm. and whether you're a man or a woman, we've all experienced some kind of trauma and it, and the group is for all women of all ages and you could be married. We all need to learn how to do this because we we come as our whole selves instead of this 
the societal complete me kind of thing, the Jerry Maguire, you complete me. No, if I can come in as my whole self or as like as whole as I can be in that moment or a healthier version of myself and I bring my love and who I am versus like looking to suck somebody else's energy dry or expecting them to complete me. Um, I, for me now, and this is just my belief, I look for people to compliment or enhance my life. I say, mm-hmm. if you don't enhance my life, you don't get to be in my life. And I have to do that today, you know, unless they're on a journey and I can help them, that's a different story. But as far as like a romantic relationship or a very uh, intimate friendship, mm-hmm. I have to hold that space for myself now because I know that I have value today and I know that I'm enough. And I know that there are people out there that are going to be inner energy vampires or suck me dry. Mm-hmm. And I have too much that I need to do in the world because of my purpose to be susceptible to the parasites anymore. I can't do it. Mm. I can't do that. And I don't believe that anybody here that's listening should settle for that. Like there, cause there's too many other people that have this elevated energy that want more out of life that go for what their desires are and that there's no guilt and shame for going for your desires. Mm-hmm. And that that's what we're meant for. At least that's my opinion. You're touching on something that, I mean, the universe is probably speaking to us right now. I have probably talked about this with clients just this week, probably at least four or five times. What does it mean when you cross your own boundaries? And what I'm not even talking about with in an abusive relationship. I'm talking about generally. When do you cross your own boundaries? When do you not say no? When do you say to yourself, uh, oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll have this relationship or an intimate pr- friendship with this person who ultimately is actually harmful to you. What does it mean for you to have your own boundaries and actually keep them with yourself? And, and mm-hmm. you're placing that very, very carefully in this conversation. And I think that's that's really, really important because... There's the boundaries we have to hold with others, but then there's very much the boundaries we have to hold with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I heard, uh, and I struggled with balance for a lot of my life. And I think it's because I let so many other people lead my energy instead of being intentional. And I read this thing, uh, I don't know when it was, but it was talking about, uh, you're not struggling with lack of balance, you're struggling with lack of healthy boundaries. And that's with yourself or others or whatever it is. And so that really helped me switch and says saying I need balance in my life. I'm like, where do I need healthier boundaries? And that that shift allowed me to have more space for the things that I could be intentional with. I think maybe we give the the listeners a little bit of a a, a little bit of a teaser to your group. So like what would be maybe step one for a person who's going on that solo date challenge, right? Like what is step one? Step one's join the group. So okay. Get on that Facebook and all the, everything will be in the show notes, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Solo date challenge. So there's a men's and a women's or whatever you identify with, mm-hmm. feel free to join. So that's, it's open to all people, all, all ages, no matter if you're married or not, Just join the group first, because you can see in yourself, people in action. The next thing that I teach is discovering your core values. And, and there's all kinds of sheets you can look up online. I've got workshops for that. But the reason mm-hmm. why I say that is because most of the time we've lost ourselves and mm-hmm. we don't even know what would bring us joy. And so when we know what our core values are, then we get to intentionally do those because for some people it might be a manicure, but for somebody else, it might be taking a course online as your solo date, um, mm-hmm. or it could be going and walking in nature, or it could be going to do ax throwing, 
mm-hmm. or doing voluntary work at the at the the zoo, whatever it is that brings you joy. That, that's what we talk about filling our cup. And I often get this question because there's a lot of moms in my group that are super busy. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have time for that. Oh, okay. there's a boundary well, cross right there. Right, right. How can you intentionally find that time? Well, I still try to meet them where they're at, right? Okay, so yeah. you, you don't have time for that. All right, what are activities that maybe you can do with your children that mm-hmm. you don't do because whatever that they can do with you, but it's for you. And, and I definitely agree with you when it comes to like meeting somebody where they are, but I also challenge many of the moms that I work with, uh, many of the people who are, uh, many of my, uh, vulva owners, what does busy actually mean? And it does not mean that I don't believe that you're not a busy person. I'm a mom. I'm, I have a husband. I, I know what busy means, but I need to know what busy means to you. And is this a, is it a placeholder for, letting others or yourself cross your own boundaries. And that includes your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even especially, I mean, I see that a lot of my groups that that's the priority and then we lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is what I see is when they start to shift this, even if they start off with doing Epsom salt baths or saying, I'm closing the door, I'm going to take my bath. You're going to have to give me 20 minutes. This is what I'm going to do. And they put on a guided meditation and they do that. They find that time. But what they're also showing, and this is what's important for mothers to see, is you're modeling behavior for your children to then say, it's okay for me to love myself too. Mm -hmm. So you're showing them that it's okay. So for me, sometimes, because I'm an Enneagram too, I'm a helper, that if I know that I'm helping somebody else, it helps me to get out of the selfish uh, guilt kind of feel, but it's still for me. But if I know like that, you might need that switch to go, okay, I'm modeling this behavior and it's okay. And I know that I'm going to be pouring more love into my family by doing this, mm-hmm. shift that energy and that thought process. And you'll feel a lot more release and you'll feel more empowered to actually make those steps. I think you're describing that modeling that is fundamental to our, not only just our adult development, but our childhood development that we are fundamentally mammals, y'all. Like we are mammals and we can tell our children so many things, but ultimately what our children actually take from us is the things they've seen and they've watched us do. And if we are no, if we are not at all showing them that we care for ourselves and care for ourselves deeply and take the time that we need, they will have no clue how to do it. No, whatsoever. So I think that you absolutely put that beautifully. And uh, you know, uh, we could be here, you and I could be here for four more hours. We tend, we tend to, to, we get, we get on the running our mouths train real fast. Uh Holly and I do. So y'all, I want you to be able to find Holly anywhere she's at. So how do people find you in this world? Yeah. So if you just look up solo date challenge, you'll find you can friend me on Facebook too. I love new friends and connections. I post positive stuff all the day on my Facebook. You can look for me on Solo Date Challenge on Instagram, Solo Date Challenge groups on Facebook. Um, I have a LinkedIn. I'm not super active there, but if you need to connect with me there, wherever you want to connect with me, look for Solo Date Challenge. Send me a message. I'm a connector. I'll connect you to the books that you need, to the next step, whatever it is. You're not alone. Uh, we're in it together. And um, so, yeah, connect with me. Solo Date Challenge, Holly Hartman. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to help. 
I'm, I'm just so glad that you, you agreed to come on the show and thank you so much for doing it. And folks, everything you've heard will be in the show notes, everything you need from Holly. I'm in that Solidate Challenge group. Uh, I can attest. I can tell you that I have seen, I have not seen a comment in there that is toxic. And that is saying something for Facebook. (laughs) So again, Holly, thanks for coming on the show. And folks, thanks for sticking around to the end. We will see you next time.